you'll sing. And so I can't help myself, so I bless the Lord at all times. Today is your birthday. No, you know what? This tastes good in my mouth. Today is our birthday, 115 years. So I'm just wondering if there's two or three people that don't mind standing up on their feet and giving God some glory. Now, don't start clapping, but I can give God some and just start singing happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, New Mission. Happy birthday. Your, your, your theme is we've come this far by faith. However, God told me to preach from Matthew 5, 13 through 16. And I want to talk to you this morning about Salty saints. Salty saints. Not salty like we think of, but salt. Let me start by saying there's a reason for rejoicing today. Today is a day of celebration. It's, it's our 115th birthday. Just hold that up there. I'll, I'll get to that. We're still here, still standing strong in this community. We're serving God in this community, and as your theme says, we didn't get here on our own. We didn't get here just because a few people thought it was a good idea to have church, but we got here because God saw fit to plant a church. So no matter what it looks like, no matter what you think the future might hold, it's time to rejoice. It's time to celebrate. With all the hell going on around us, we're still here. God still has a purpose for this church. God didn't have to bless us, but he did. God didn't have to shower us with his divine favor, but he did. So I came today to celebrate. I don't know what you came to do. I could have stayed at home in bed and got somebody else to preach, but I want to celebrate the goodness and glory and mercy of God in this place. Oh, oh he's been good. They, they sang that song, We've Come This Far. Somebody knew that they didn't do it on their own. So it's time today to remember God's blessings. See, it was God that planted this church in Dunbar. Dunbar, how many Madisonville residents live here right now? You know that Dunbar was a community inside a community. Dunbar was on the other side of the tracks of Madisonville. Oh, I know what I'm talking about because the tracks ran right behind my house at 5535 Orlando Place. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. But it was God that decided that this little church should grow. Somebody ought to say thank you. The beginnings were small and humble, little white church, but God wasn't done. It ain't how you start. It's how you finish. Sometimes we don't understand or we can't see the path that God has already laid out for us. So I just got by to remind you that we ain't in charge. God is in charge. He already knew where he was taking this congregation. He already 
had a plan, he already had a direction, and he already had a destiny. Uh, uh, can I just tell you this morning that God is already God? Nothing takes God by surprise. Not God, God is not upset about our troubles or our trials because he's already got the situation worked out. I, I wish I had somebody talk back to me this morning. I, I want you to remember, even though I wasn't a member then, you've had a rich history of preaching and teaching in this place. I, I sat there and I looked at the catalog of preachers, uh, Pastor Donan, Pastor B.W. Simpson, Pastor George Q. Brown, Reverend Dr. Robert Smith Jr., Pastor, my buddy Tracy Venice, uh, great pastors, great men of God. But there was also a rich history of folk who served underneath those pastors. God provided a great uh, congregation of ministry-minded folk. Let, let me see. Uh, Sister Lila Murphy, Sister Nanny B. Underwood, Sister Cornelia White. And then you had deacons like Deacon Ben Balud, uh, Deacon Thomas Dewey. You know, when I started reading this, I'm like, Dag, I know some of these folk. I, 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 they grew up, we played uh, in an empty lot together, me and their, their children. God has a plan and a purpose for this church. He blessed this church back then, and he's the same God who blessed it again. Can I tell you, God ain't done yet. God is still in the blessing business. There's a reason to rejoice because God still has his hands on this church. But I came to you today to talk to you about the reality of today. It pains me to say this, but my brothers and sisters, the real reality is we're living in perilous times. Have you looked at the news lately? This world has gone crazy. Sin is running wild. They're even voted, they have voted already for same-sex marriages to be honored. Sin is going crazy in every country of the world, and the devil seems like he's in control. Amen. Somebody listening to me. People are hopeless and fearful, but there's hope. I came to tell you there's hope for a hopeless and helpless and fearful world. See, we have the answer to the church's problems, but it appears to me sometimes that the church has forgotten its purpose. The purpose of the church is not to build better buildings. It's not to be an educational center. But the church's purpose is to glorify God, to spread the gospel, and to build up the body of believers. Can I say that again? The purpose of the church is to do what Jesus said do in Matthew 28. Go ye therefore into all the world, teaching all nations, baptizing them, making disciples. That's the church's purpose. It seems like the whole church, not this church, but the whole church is just floating along. They're going along just to get along. And Lord have mercy, let's not include the pandemic. The pandemic has become a, a, a vehicle and a vessel for folk to get comfortable. I might get in trouble for this, Pastor. But for some folk, it has become easier and more convenient to tune in than to show up. They, they'd rather sit at home with the remote and choose what church and what station and what flavor they're going to listen to. 
Don't get me wrong now, I like technology. But I'm here to tell you something awesome happens when the, when, 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 when the people of God come into the household of God and they start singing the praises of God and I listen to the saints give God glory. I, I don't know about you, but I lose my mind anytime I come into God's house and God folk want to worship. I, I, I think I, my wife sings a song, when the saints come to worship, oh, God likes to show up in the middle of your worship. So I don't know about y'all folk who got to stay at home. If you have to stay at home, stay at home. But my goodness, if you're healthy and you've gone to work, if you're healthy and you've gone to school, if you're healthy and you go to a party, if you're healthy and you go to the store, you ought to show up. And God's been too good for us to be so comfortable and so bougie that we can't give God some glory. Every now and then, if you ain't coming every week, come twice a month, but come to the house. In the house, there's power. In the house, there's healing. In the house, there's hope. In the house, there's help. Why? Because God shows up. Oh, I, I don't know about you, but every now and then, I told you I heard angels sing. There's one, two, three, four, five of them, and I heard hundreds of people singing. Why? Because the power of Almighty God got in the instruments, got in the fingers, got in the voices, got in the feet, and so God came down and said, they're worshiping me, so I'm going to sit right here, and I'm going to worship with them. You can't get that holding the remote at home. I just... I just, see, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how much more of this I can touch. The reason why you need to come to church is because inside this body of believers, there's some folk who remember that Jesus died for them. There's some folk who remember that it was the blood of Jesus that ransomed us. Somebody inside the confines of the four church remember that if it was not for the blood, we'd be a burning, smoking ember. And unless your wife is saved and your husband is saved and your babies are saved and y'all all can sing, you ain't going to get that at home. We've been called to action, not comfort. The name of this church is New Mission Missionary Baptist Church, not Bedside Baptist, not Pentecostal Pillow, and not Methodist Mattress. We, the church, have been given a dual designation of interaction by Jesus. We are two things. Now the text. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it, I'm doing the King James, some, some, it might be hard. Wherewith shall it be salted? Therefore, it's good for nothing. Say good for nothing. Good for nothing. Say it again. Good for 
but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. In this verse, Jesus calls us salt and light. He says you are the salt of the earth. He declares it as a present operating reality right now. This is a call to being, not doing. He didn't say do the salt of the earth. He said you are the salt of the earth. We got to know our purpose. The church has been designated for impact and interaction. God didn't call you to sit. Jesus didn't die for us to sit. God didn't send the Holy Ghost, and I said ghost, not spirit. God didn't send the Holy Ghost for us to sit on our blessed assurance and do nothing. Our responsibility is to be what Jesus said we are. What are you? Salt and light. We all know something about salt, don't we? Salt adds flavor to food. Salt helps preserve meat and or fish in the old days before refrigeration. They would salt, cure it with salt. Salt can be used to heal. Anybody ever have to gargle with salt water when they had a sore throat? It can heal. Salt can be used to clean. I, 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 I drink a lot of coffee, and so my front three or four teeth are stained. You know what helps get those stains out? Not toothpaste, salt. However, once salt leaves the shaker or container, it can't help itself. Y'all didn't hear me. See, I, I'm going to come back to this. But if I leave the salt in this container, it doesn't do anything. It just sits around. However, if I shake it out, and let's pretend that this is a hamburger. Mm. Add flavor. Add flavor. Why? Because it can't help itself. It's salt. It automatically interacts whatever it touches or whatever touches it. But to be effective, it's got to leave the container. It can't stay in the salt shaker. It can't stay in the four walls. It's got to get out of the container. God is looking for some believers who have a case of I can't help it. I, I, I can't help but to praise him when I think about how good he's been to me. I, I, I can't help uh, but to be like salt and interact with people. And when they go by my desk at work, they hear me humming a church song and they want to know, what are you humming? I'm humming blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory. I'm an heir. I'm saying, well, what do you mean an heir? I got something that I'm waiting for ahead of me and it keeps me stable when everything around me is going crazy. God is looking for some I can't help it. I can't help but to thank him for all, look back over your life. Look back at the history. Just take a minute and reflect how good has God been to you? Uh, I, I heard him sing, he's been better to me than I've been to myself. Uh, I don't know about you, but I remember a time when I had to go downtown to Job and Family Services before I got employed by Job and Family Services and asked Job and Family Services for some help. I'm so glad that God said, I'm gonna cut this short because after they helped me, God said, you don't need them, you need me. Is there a witness in the house that when you go to God, he's got more? 
So I, I don't know about you, but I can say thank you. <laughs> Andre Crouch said, I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the mountains, but I thank him for the valleys, and I thank him for all the trouble that he brought you. Anybody ever get delivered out of trouble? You didn't think you were gonna make it, but God had a way out. You didn't think that anybody loved you, but God said, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Why? Because I love you. I know you a scoundrel, and I know you a rascal, but I love you anyhow. I love you with an in spite of. So I don't know about you, but I get a bad case that I can't help it. Every matter of fact, right now, I got a bad case that I can't help it. I can't help but to explode. I can't help but to stir you up. I can't help but want to remind you he's been good. You're sitting on cushy pews. You're in a wonderful building. Can I tell you that there are people who wish they had half of what you had and they don't mind giving God glory for what he's done already. We've been called, we've been called to add the flavor of Jesus Christ to a polluted culture. Our purpose is to arrest and to heal the sickness in our time. Doesn't the word say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, then, after we've prayed, then, after we've humbled ourselves, then, oh, but I don't know about you, I got some wicked ways still. God said, I, I can't do in you what I want to do in you because you got to let go of those wicked ways, but when you do, then will I hear from heaven. Oh, God, you promised me that if I let some stuff go, you'll hear me. Yes, Harper, I'll let it go and I'll bless you. I'll bless the people around you. I'll bless the people that don't like you. Then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive your sin and I'll heal. Uh, America needs healing right now. Turn from the wicked ways. America needs saving right now, but it's up to the church. It's not up to the government. It's up to the church. We're the ones with the winning formula. The church, the church is a preserving agent. The church has the hypodermic. The church has the medicine. Well, what's the medicine, preacher? The medicine that the world needs is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm glad you asked. The gospel really is he had a virgin birth. He had a sinless life. He was sent down through those 42 generations of Jewish history, and he was born in a little old podunk town like Dunbar called Bethlehem. Uh, he got pushed out of his mother. Uh, but I, 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 I'm still wrestling. I still can't explain to you how a virgin can conceive. But here's what I know. I don't have to understand it. All I have to do is believe it. And I believe that the same Jesus that was in heaven came down, got in Mary's body, she pushed him out, he lived sinlessly, and they tell me that they took him to an old rugged cross, uh, and he died. He died for you, he died for me, uh, but he did not stay dead. Somebody I say, thank you, Jesus, because on that third day morning, he arose with all power in his hands, power to overcome your addiction, power to overcome your sadness, power to overcome any illness, power to overcome anything that besets you. All power, he said, is given unto me. 
And so the medicine that the world needs is the gospel. And the cure is a heaping helping of Jesus Christ. If we are to be salty, then we got to be different than those around us who do not believe. Got to be different, church. You can't go to the nightclub on Friday and Saturday and then come into church on Sunday and get your praise on. Oh, I know I'm in trouble now. You can't be standing in the lotto line if you're going to be salty. You can't be backing anything up but the truth. Can I be sometimey saints? You got to be committed to the cause of Christ. For Christ I live and for Christ I die. If he never, see, we got to have this kind of mentality. If he never does anything else for me, he's done enough. You got to be a salty saint. You can't be a sometimey saint. In this verse, put verse 13 back up, please. I know, I'm just going, taking my time. Jesus provides a warning. If the salt had lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is then, therefore, good for nothing. When salt is exposed to air, it begins to enact with water molecules and form what they call hydrochloric acid and loses its favor. When salt becomes supersaturated then with water, it loses its saltiness and it dissolves and doesn't have any impact. When salt can also lose its saltiness, when it begins to interact with other chemicals and oxidizers. Believers have been transformed. That's what Paul says, I beseech you now, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you're going to be a salty saint, there's got to be a mind change. If you're going to be a salty saint, there's got to be a heart change. See, I can't live in God's world and be in the world. That makes me schizophrenic. God, okay, come on, y'all. You know we crazy anyway. So we don't need to be stupid and crazy. We need to make up our minds what world we gonna live in. Here's why the world is looking at you and if you keep talking about Jesus but living like them, you don't have no soul. Believers are transformed, and transformed lives impact other lives. Oh, I think I'm right. Let me, let me see. Let me, let me pick two people real quick. Peter, are you salty? Yes. I, I, I became a salty saint after Jesus came into my life, and Jesus told me, go talk to somebody outside my race. He made me go talk to Cornelius. And because 
He was in me. The Jesus in me was allowed to come out and Cornelius and his whole household got saved. Salty saint. Some of the women are saying, yeah, but what about sisters? Yeah, y'all can be salty too. You sure can. Bless your heart. Jesus transformed the woman at the well. Didn't he? She was one way before she met Jesus. But after coming in contact with Jesus, she left her butt. She went to the well to draw water, but she got so excited about the man who told her everything, she left her bucket at the well. She went back in the town waterless and went right back to those men she had already been with and said, come and see a man who has told me everything. I came to tell you when Jesus comes into your life, you can get some boldness. You can go right back to those people that you sinned with and say, I ain't the way I, I left you one way, but now I'm coming back a whole different way. I left you jacked up, but I'm coming back filled up. I left you a mess, but I'm coming back a masterpiece. When Jesus comes into your life, you're not the same. We are salt. Don't lose your saltiness. If we're just sitting in church doing nothing, we lose our ability to impact the culture and we're no longer salty. If we get caught up in the world's who's who and what's what, we're soaked with the cares of the world and we lose our saltiness. If we continue to hang out, you know, some of us got friends, we just like to go hang out. It's all right, it's all right. But if you keep hanging out with the wrong crowd, you lose your saltiness. So Jesus says at that point, the salt is no longer salty and is good for nothing but to be cast out and walked on. Next verse, please. Then Jesus says, you are the light of the world. <laughs> the church and its believing members are not just lights in the world. We are the light of the world. Let me give you three quick properties about light. Light illuminates. Light makes it possible to see. Light attracts our eyes. Can we dim these, the house lights? No? All right, I want everybody to look up here. Light. If this room were dark, all of your eyes would be following the light. Because light is attractive. Our eyes are so constructed that the minute that it senses light, we're drawn to it. Light comforts. We had a kid in our house that used to think there were monsters under the bed. When we would turn the light out, our child would say, would you please turn the light back on? Why? Monsters are scared of light. Provide a comfort. Because Jesus is the light, he lives on the inside of every believer. And it's the church's responsibility and our responsibility to let Jesus shine. I, I got to say that again, because I know that some of you are thinking, I, I need to do something. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. You need to get out the way and let Jesus be Jesus. I can't be Jesus. You can't be Jesus. But if Jesus is in you, 
then you have the light of the world in you. And when we choose to, we can let our little light shine. Everywhere we go, shine on me, shine on me. I, I, I wonder if the lighthouse will shine on me. If the lighthouse shines on you, then you can sing that other song, This Little Light of Mine. I'm going to let it shine. That's a choice. Everywhere I go, I'm, I'm going to let it shine. Why? Why? Jesus said, you're a city that's set on a hill. I started asking about that. Cities. What cities are set on a hill? Seattle, Washington, set on a hill. We drove to and flew over Seattle. You could see it from miles away. Jerusalem, the city that's set on a hill. You could see it from miles away. I hate to say this, but Moscow in Russia is set on a hill and you can see it from miles away. And there's no mistake about a city that's set on a hill. You know you're coming to something big. Amen. Jesus says you're a city. You ain't a town. You ain't a village. You're a city and inside the city all kind of good things go on. Don't put the light out. You can't hide them. Jesus says, so don't hide me. Don't hide me by, by not wanting to be aligned with me. Don't, don't, don't hide me by wanting to be accepted by the world. Don't, don't, don't hide me because you're more interested in your comfort than your Christ. Don't hide me. Why? Because I'm inside you and you're a city set on the hill and we want to attract strangers to come into the gates of the city and be saved. God is interested in salvation. So, new mission, keep shining. You've done a glorious job for 115 years. By the grace of God, keep shining. Why? Because people all over the world, not just Cincinnati, not just Madisonville, but people all over the United States and all over the world are watching your shine. So shine on. Why? Shine so that men will see your good works and glorify, you know, that's what God wants. God wants us to live so that he gets glory. But you know God is crazy. If we live so that he can get glory, he gives us his goodness. Uh, you all, all of us want to even exchange, but God doesn't do even exchanges. He gives, as we just obey, he'll give us more than we could ever ask for. Oh, yes, he will. Keep shining, New Mission, and let the world see your good works. Well, some of you might be asking, what good works? Well, now that I'm a member, I'm, I, I can drill down a little deeper. You're feeding people. That's a good work. Uh, you're helping the needy all across this county and city. That's a good work. You're teaching and empowering people how to make it in this world. That's a good work. Good works adorn ought to dress up the believer. Every believer ought to have at least a pocket full of good works. You are, and, and those of us that want a lot of rewards, we need to have extra pockets of good works. We, we need to glorify God on the job. Don't let, don't let folks say that they don't, they don't believe your Christianity because you're not a good worker. Be the best. Be the best on your job. Be the best mama that you can be. Be the best daddy that you can be. Be the best neighbor that you can be. Be the best. Why? Because your best glorifies God. 
Preacher, can you back that up? Yes, I can. Paul says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works. And then there's the comma. So God made us and gave us a whole basket full of good works with our name on it. That's on the one side. But can I leave you by saying there is an assurance of reward. God doesn't want you to do the work and then not bless you. God promises that if you do what I say do, then I will pour you out a blessing. See, there, there, there's a blessing. Are there any tithers in the house? Can I talk to the tithers? God said, if you could just go ahead and tithe, I'll pour you out a blessing that you will not have room to receive it. I, I used to scratch at that, but I'm so glad God challenged me. So when I started tithing, I can tell you now, I got more now than I'm no longer working. I lost a whole bunch of money, but I didn't lose nothing else because God made up for what they paid me. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll do it for you. Uh, God promises that I will bless them, every one of us. I bet you, if you took stock, you got more clothes today than you ever had. Let me, let me do this, Pastor. Ladies, see, they laughing already. Sister Minnie, what you laughing at? <laughs> Mercy, Lord. How many of you have more shoes now than you ever had in your life? How many of you have more purses now than you ever had in your life? Yeah, I know Sister Harper does. Don't you even? Why? Because God is good. I, I, I love that verse. God is good and his mercy. See, he just keeps on extending his mercy to us. But I told you there's a reward. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in what? The work of the Lord. Be steadfast. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't fall in and fall out. Be steadfast. Make up your mind that I've decided to follow Jesus. Yes, I have. Through hard trials, tribulations, persecution, I'm determined. Be steadfast, unmovable. Terry, isn't there a song that says, nothing shall turn me around? Nothing. All right, wrong song, okay. <laughs> Don't let anything or anybody or any thought or any desire or any want turn you. Be steadfast, be unmovable, and then don't be stingy. You know what? God's never been stingy with us. He ain't been stingy. He, we done already said y'all got more shoes and more purses. Brother, you probably got more pants than you ever had before. Why? Because God has been good. Some of you are saying, well, I got up and went to work. Yeah, but God gave you the strength to get up and go to work. And then God made the place available for you to work. So it's all about God. And then if Jesus hadn't died, none of this would matter anyway. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain. God is watching what you do not to get you, but to reward you. 
Let me close with this. This is a two-parter. Paul writes to his son in the ministry. He says, Timmy, the time for my departure is now at hand. New mission, one day it's going to be time to go. I'm looking at people. Did I ever tell you that everybody here has a due date stamped in their DNA? You ain't going to live here forever. And as the way things are going now, I, I would not want to live here forever. But there's a due date stamped into all of our DNA. God has already written down the day, the time, the place, and the, the, the vehicle that's going to take us out of here. Can I help you? You don't have to be scared to die. You don't have to be scared to die. If you're in Christ, death is nothing more than a transition. But I'm glad that, see, I told you, God does, he just, he just blows my mind. People will tell you that Robert died. Look at him square in the face and say, you just told a lie. He did not die. He transitioned. He left here and went there. He left Problem City and went to a heavenly city. Paul says, Timmy, look, the time of my departure is now at hand. I have fought a good fight. Uh, if you're a salty saint, you're fighting a good fight. Uh, I, I have finished my course. Keep running because your time ain't over yet. New mission, keep on going. Your time is not over yet. Then he says, I have kept the faith. Your theme is we've come this far. How? By faith. Not by faith in our ability, but by faith in God. But here's the payoff. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Uh, I'm getting ready to go, but Timmy, I want you to know that there's something that God has on reserve for me. There's something that God has tucked away up in glory. There's something that I'm striving to arrive for. Uh, henceforth, there's laid up for me, that Paul is particular, uh, a, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Oh, new mission, there's coming a day when the saints of every nation are going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. I like that. Uh, I, I tell people all the time, if you're born in the south, you get to go through the south gate. But if you're born in the north, or like us up here in Cincinnati, Ohio, you get to go through the north gate. But I know some people who live out there in California, maybe they'll get to go through the west gate. And in New York, the east gate, uh, the, the gates that they'll go through are, are eternal gates. Paul says there, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord God himself, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. But here's the point where we can all shout, and not to me only. Paul says, I'm not going to be selfish. I know where I'm going, but I know that there's some other saints who are going to meet me in the air, not to me only, but to all of them who love his appearing. So new mission, shine on, shine on, turn the light on. As a matter of fact, as much as you can, turn the light up. Let the world know that I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I, I, I know that he is leading. And no matter what, I don't care what you say or do, I'm going to get out the salt shaker and I'm going to spread the influence of Jesus Christ 
all around. Now, as I take my seat, I want you to know before, uh, before the, the, the Antichrist comes, everybody talking about the Antichrist. I want you to know that we see Jesus Christ come first. Uh, I, I like that part that said, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout and the voice of an archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise first. I like that. My grandmama's getting up. Uh, my, my, my beloved relatives are getting up. You have people in your family that are getting up. They'll come up uh, when they hear the, the sound of the trumpet and the archangel. And then the other part that I like, it says, and then the dead in Christ shall rise first. But we who are alive and remain, everybody ain't going to die. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. He could come back right now. He could come back before we leave. And we who are alive and remain are going to be changed in a moment, changed in the twinkling, changed at the sound of his voice, changed at the sound of his trumpet, and we'll be caught up together with them. Oh, what a time that's going to be. What a time, what a time. All the saints of God will get together. Dead in Christ shall rise. And soon and very soon we'll be going home. 